was talking to a friend of mine the other day, and this friend is in college, and he was telling me about a discussion that took place in one of his classes about how a person's identity is nothing more than kind of a conglomeration of all of these different parts of them. So, for instance, for me, I'm a man, I'm a husband, I am a pastor, I enjoy video games, and like all of these different parts come together to form me. And so kind of the question was, well, if you take all of those different parts away, what what's left? What do you have left? And kind of having the idea that there really is nothing left after you take all of those pieces away, there's nothing left of that person. And not only is that concept a very scary one, I think, because it really makes you question everything about yourself and wonder, well, really, what am I down at the core of my being? And am I really anything at all? And that's, that's a scary thought. And as, as he was telling me of this, I thought of a passage of Scripture, and it's in Luke chapter 18. It starts at verse 9. And I think in this passage, it really speaks against that idea that we are no more than the sum of our parts. And so I want us to go through this passage and talk about uh, the errors that is made by one of the people in this passage on trying to justify who they are and compare it to the other person. So starting at verse 9. It says, to some who were confident of their own righteousness and looked down on everyone else, Jesus told this parable. Two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood by himself and prayed, God, I thank you that I am not like other people, robbers, evildoers, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week and give a tenth of all I get. But the tax collector stood at a distance. He would not even look up to heaven, but beat his breast and said, God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I tell you that this man, rather than the other, went home justified before God. For all those who exalt themselves will be humbled, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. So in this parable that Jesus tells, you've got two people. You have the Pharisee and you have this tax collector. And both of them are, in a sense, trying to find justification in the eyes of God. They're trying to justify their value and identity. And the way that the Pharisee does it does not get him justified before God. And I think that in the things that he says, we can see that the way he is trying to do that, the way he's trying to justify himself, is very similar to the ways that we try to find our identity in the wrong places. So first of all, we have the fact that this guy was a Pharisee, and the Pharisees were the religious leaders in Jesus's time. And yet, just because he was a member of this religious order, and even a religious leader in that community, that was not enough to justify the Pharisee before God. 
It didn't matter that he was part of this religious order, these elite members of society. That did not bring him justification before God. And just like how that piece of him was not enough to give himself value, we shouldn't look for our identity in people groups either. Because our identity is not found in other people. We can't be a part of just this group of people and in doing so now we have our identity and this is who we are. Because what happens when we are no longer around those people? Do we lose our identity then? Do we stop becoming anyone? If your identity can only be found in the people that you are around, then you truly have no identity. Your identity is going to change depending on whoever you're around. And even if you say, well, I'm going to ascribe to this order of people or this belief system and things like that, that's not reliable either because any kind of man-made order changes over the course of time. And it is not unchanging. It will change. And that then leaves you with the choice of, am I going to change with it, or am I going to break away from it? And the problem there is, if that's where your identity is, then breaking away from it, from that group, from that belief system, if that's where your identity is found, then breaking away from it would cause you to lose that identity. But then the flip side also has its own problems. If you change with it, then who are you now compared to who you used to be? And which one's the real you? The person you were before or the person you are now? There's no solidity there. There's nothing to rely on. It is constantly changing. And if you have to be part of that group to have identity, then you have no identity of your own. I remember those little light brights that I had as a kid, and they'd have the little colored pegs, and you'd put them into the board and make a picture out of them, and then you'd, you know, you'd turn it on, and it would all light up, and it would look beautiful. But the problem was all of the little pieces that didn't fit into the picture, and oftentimes those little pieces got scattered all around, and if we found one in the carpet... We wouldn't think, oh, I'm so glad I found this piece that's such an important piece. No, we'd just throw it away because we didn't need it. And that's the problem that we encounter when we try to find our own singular identity among a group of people. Is that as soon as it's disconnected from that group, we no longer have identity and would then become worthless. And so, so often we try to make sure that we remain a part of that group no matter what. And change anything about ourselves that needs to be changed in order to fit in with that group. And the more and more we do that, the more and more we lose our own personal identity. And so we should not seek identity through conformity with a group. 
That's not where our value is to be found, and that was not enough to justify this Pharisee. And so then the Pharisee goes on to talk about all the great things that he does, saying that he fasts twice a week, and he gives a tenth of all that he has, and yet fasting and tithing didn't justify the Pharisee. Because our value and our identity is not found in our actions. We can never do enough or say enough of the right things in order to make ourselves right before God. And if our identity is found in our actions, the problem with that is that every day we're going to be a little bit different. We're going to have a different mood. We're going to have a different schedule. And there's going to be some days where we're doing really well and days that we're not doing so well. But if our performance defines our identity, then what that means is that our value will be constantly changing based on that performance. That when we're doing really well and we're on the right track and, and we are just living our best life, then we're valuable. But what about the days when it's tough? The days when we're struggling to get by? If our identity is based upon our actions and our performance, what does that say about us as a person in those difficult times? Do you become any less valuable? Because you are not performing as well as you have before? That's the problem with an identity found through your actions. And it's definitely not the way that God looks at us. God doesn't look at our actions and then rank us based on our performances. He's not sitting down with us to have an end-of-the-year employee evaluation to say, well, you know, how many minutes did you pray today? Or how many souls did you win this month? And Based on your answers and your performance, that's going to determine how valuable you are to the kingdom of God. That's not how God looks at us. And it's not how we should look at ourselves or others either. But it's so easy sometimes to think, well, I'm only as valuable as what, I out as what my output is. I'm only as valuable as what I give. And if I'm in a spot where I'm not able to give, then I lose my value. If I'm in a spot where I'm making mistake after mistake after mistake, then I lose my value and I have no identity of any worth anymore. And I've become worthless because I am nothing. And so often we see people reach that point where they believe that they have no worth, they have no being, because they are not doing enough. And the truth is, we could always be doing more. We're imperfect people. There's always something more about ourselves to improve upon. But as we strive to be better, and as we sometimes succeed in those areas, it doesn't make us any more valuable than anyone else. 
It doesn't give us an identity that has more worth than someone else's identity. And again, what happens if your identity is wrapped around the things that you can do and something happens that prevents you from being able to do that anymore? If your value is tied to being able to play an instrument well, what happens if you get into an accident and can no longer play that instrument? Do you lose your value? Do you lose your identity? Who are you now that you cannot do what you used to do? Or what happens if you used to be an expert in a field, but as time went on and your mind became weaker, and there were new things that were introduced, and you couldn't keep up with all the changing technology, and now someone new has come along who understands all of the new concepts and new equipment. And your performance, although you used to be an expert, you're not as good as you used to be. Does that mean your value has diminished? Have you lost your identity now that you're no longer an expert in that field? I could go on and on and on with examples like this. But all it does is show the fault with finding your identity in what you can do. Because as soon as that's where you look for your identity, your identity and the value that goes along with that will constantly be changing. And we, we, we need to realize that our value is an unchanging constant. It doesn't matter what we can do. It doesn't matter who we are associated with, what groups we're a part of. None of those things change our identity or our value. And it is the tax collector in this parable that Jesus tells who truly does find his identity. Because the tax collector realized that he was not perfect, that there was sin in his life. And so rather than coming to God and bragging to God about these groups that he was a part of, this type of person that he is and the things that he does, he instead says, God, the things that are in me and a part of me are sinful and not good. Please have mercy on me. And Jesus said that because of his attitude, that he went justified before God. Because he recognized his sin compared to God's authority. And so rather than trying to justify himself, he allowed himself to be found in God. And it is through that humility that his identity was found. And our identity as well is only found through that same humility. That's why Jesus ends this parable by highlighting the importance of humbling ourselves rather than trying to exalt ourselves. Because as we try to exalt ourselves, 
through our words and our actions and the people that we're associated with, the more we try to do that, the worse and worse it becomes. Because none of it can even begin to compare to who God is. But when we humble ourselves, when we strip ourselves of all of those things, all of those pieces that, you know, in this classroom discussion, the idea was these things are who you are. These are the things that make you who you are. And without them, you're nothing. But it's as we strip away those things from our lives and take all of that away that we are left with who we are in God. And that is where our identity is found. Because scripture is very clear of who we are after we strip away all of those things. In Psalm 139, verses 13 and 14, David says, talking to God, he says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. David recognizing that he was created by God and that God's works are good. And we see that this doesn't apply to only David. It applies to each and every one of us. Going back to the very first chapter of the very first book of the Bible, Genesis chapter 1. Verse 27 says that God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And in verse 33, it says, God saw all that he had made, and it was very good. In both of these passages, we have the beginning of people. From David being knit together in his mother's womb to all of humankind being created by God. And it's in these states that they are called good. You see, it's not the works that we do or the groups that we're a part of that make us good. In fact, Scripture also talks about how our very best works, our righteousness, is as filthy rags before God. Because nothing compares to the goodness of God. And so when we try to build ourselves up and exalt ourselves and justify ourselves and our identity by adding all of these different things to ourselves... All it does is cover up the goodness of being made in the image of God. It's like that diamond in the rough. Diamond that is so beautiful, so strong, being hidden deep within just this just ugly rock. And you really have to strip away all of that ugly rock to get down to where that diamond is. And as children of God, as people that were made in the image of God, that is where our identity needs to be. 
And unfortunately, when sin entered into this world, it tainted that goodness. And so we go to God and we say, take away my sin. You know, we just had Easter. We talked about how Jesus paid the price for that sin. The work has already been done. All we have to do is receive it. And so we go to him and we say, God, look at all of these things from me that are not good. These things that are ugly. Take it all away so that I can go back to being who you created me to be. It's stripping away all of that ugly rock to get back to the diamond. And the good news about that, the wonderful theme about this illustration and this concept, is that the diamond is there no matter how much ugly rock it is buried under. And see, the tax collector went away justified by God because of the humility that he had to let God strip things away from him. But that didn't make him any better than the Pharisee. The Pharisee's value was the exact same as the tax collector's was. The problem was that that Pharisee's identity was just covered up by all of these human works and actions and sin and pride that was covering up who God wanted the Pharisee to be as well. But the Pharisee was trying so hard to justify himself by saying who he was and what he was doing and trying to justify himself through those things that his true value remained hidden. And so rather than being like that tax collector trying to justify himself by looking at all of these things that are a part of me, to instead go to God like the tax collector and say, God, I'm sinful. The things that I do are not good things. The thoughts that I have are not good thoughts. God, take away all of me so that I can be more like you so that I can rediscover the identity that you gave me at my creation. And so instead of trying to find our identity and looking at ourselves as all of these pieces that are a part of our life and, and saying that our identity is found in those things, we need to instead look at ourselves through God's eyes and realize that our identity is found only in him as that innate characteristic of being made in the image of God. And the more that we try to give ourselves any kind of special value or identity, the further away we will get from that intrinsic value that God has given us. So let's not be like the Pharisee trying to find our identity through being parts of groups of people, or through uh, the, our many actions and words, but to instead, through humility, rediscover our identity as children of God. And that is today's sermon in the pocket. 
As always, if you have any comments or questions for me, feel free to contact me through the Sermon in the Pocket Facebook page, or you can email me directly at sermoninthepocket at gmail.com. And I encourage you to share this with other people to help get the message out there. But until next time, thank you for taking the time to listen, and I pray that God will bless you as you go throughout your day. Thank you.